your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Bowers awaits the shotgun snap, sends the tight end in motion. They roll right. Bowers throws pass. It's not going Eli Sullivan knocks the football away, and the Huskers have a goal line stand taking over the one. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. I was hoping to give Ben the same kind of uh, opening that Deion Sanders got today at Jackson State as he was named their new head football coach. You catch some of that, Ben? Yeah, man, you, you really under-delivered there, if that's what you were going for. <laughs> yeah, um, I, ran out, I ran out of time today. Could, couldn't assemble the marching band or get the motorcycle motorcade going or what? No, Not even any dry ice fog down here. Well, I, told, I put Tim in charge of, of preparing your open, and that's what we got right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Man, that was something else, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll see how it works for Dion and see if it comes. The on-field product uh, matches the intro. It was it was spectacular. If you haven't seen it, go on social media and you'll find it as Dion. Now a head football coach, even though it's at the FCS level, but he's a head football coach, which he's kind of been wanting to do in college, and who knows? Um, maybe someday he'll be the head coach of Florida State. They've certainly been having some issues after they dropped their opening game two weeks ago to Georgia Tech. Welcome to another week of Sports Island here on the Oscar Sports Network. So glad you joined us. Hope you had a good weekend. You know what kept going through my mind, Ben, on Saturday was, man, we've had some spectacular weather really this entire month, minus the one week where like from Monday to Thursday it rained. How many good Saturdays of weather we missed with having Husker football? Because you go back to the original schedule, and Nebraska was going to open with four straight home games. So the, the the last of that would have been this coming Saturday, and the the forecast is fantastic for this week. It would have been spectacular being at Memorial Stadium for all four of those Saturdays. Yeah, sure would have. Um, man, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to it's hard to not feel that way. I mean, even on Sundays too, like when you've got NFL going on, it's just every day feels like fall, but Saturdays it's just it's just weird, but. Um, you know, as I've said before, I, I don't care what the weather is. If if it means I, I get to be on a sideline somewhere watching the Huskers play, I'll suck it up. And I know the players probably feel the same way. Even those Florida and California boys probably willing to suffer through some cold if it means they get to go play. We are going to hear from one of the Husker players coming up later on in the show. Wandale Robinson's going to join us. Looking forward to that conversation. That'll be during Hour, hour number two. Parker Gabriel, the Lincoln Journal star here in a couple of minutes. We'll get his take on the schedule that was released over the weekend. Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com will also join us in the second hour. We'll look back at this past weekend in college football and the upcoming one, which will mark the debut of the SEC conference, their first games of the year coming up on Saturday. Uh, all right, let, let's talk about the schedule. Uh, it came out, and, and good move by the Big Ten. I mean, at Saturday morning, people are getting ready for college football games. That was a great call by them to release that on Saturday morning. They got a lot of exposure to it. Uh, the national media had fun at the hands of Nebraska. And, and you know, he, here's my feeling on the schedule, Ben. And, and I, I think people forget the original schedule. And if you can rewind your memory back a couple of months to the original schedule for 2020, the one that Purdue was going to open on September the 5th at home and the four straight home games to begin it. Remember how difficult the last five games of that schedule was going to be. And if you need a reminder, that's what I'm here for. That The last five games of that original schedule 
We're going to be in order at Ohio State, home to Penn State, at Iowa, at Wisconsin, home to Minnesota. Now, I know, and I'm a little disappointed, to be honest with you, and some folks that have not really taken the updated schedule news very well, and some of that's from people high high places in Nebraska. The the start of ours, it, it's tough. There's no doubt. At Ohio State, home to Wisconsin, then you get Northwestern, then you get Penn State at home. But the five games that were on the original schedule, Ben, for me, whoa, that, that's a much tougher road to hoe than what these eight games that the league has put in front of Nebraska for this year. I, I'm kind of – there's no doubt. I'm excited for this thing to get going. It's going to be a huge challenge going to the horseshoe, but it was going to be anyway. That's where we were going to play them this year was on their home field. It's going to be a big challenge. But I look at it as a great opportunity for Nebraska to go out and prove that they're a better team, a better program than they've been, and then come back home the next week and go after Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a couple of things come to mind when um, when I think of, of Saturday and the schedule release. And I've said this, I think, on two shows already, and we'll continue to drive this home. You, you, as, a, as a Husker fan right now, you got to just find a way to tune out those, those national writer trolls that are out there because all you're doing is, is supporting them by clicking on their articles and giving their website traffic and – uh, it makes it easy for them to just keep going to that well, and that well is picking on Nebraska, making fun of our fans, and making fun of the fact that we want to play. Just stop feeding into it. You know, don't don't reply on Twitter, don't click on their stories. It, you know, you're doing them and their publications a favor by getting giving those articles clicks. So it, it's pretty clear who I'm talking about, and there are there are people out there that uh, that are going to try and make a living on this, being Nebraska and you know their whole stance on this entire thing so that's kind of the first thing and the second thing is you're absolutely right I mean we we knew that that Ohio State and Penn State were going to be the two games on Nebraska's schedule we already knew that but I also believe it wasn't an accident for the Big Ten to put Ohio State on the road first I, I I don't think that was a coincidence I think I do think that there was a message sent but I will say through the first couple of weeks of watching college football, teams are most susceptible to not playing well early in the year. So, yeah, the first two weeks, Ohio State and, uh, and Wisconsin aren't, aren't cakewalks. In fact, they're the opposite. I do feel like sometimes it takes teams a while to get going. Do I think that means Nebraska is going to be favored and win those games? No. But I also think Nebraska has a chance to, with the way that they've been working out and mentally preparing for this season – I do think that the, the 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 playing field is probably a bit more level than it would be if Nebraska were to play Ohio State in week six and the Buckeyes were to come off a bye. I think that that would be a bad time to get them. I think here in week one where, you know, you're not necessarily clicking on all cylinders from the jump, it's going to be a good thing. And that, that's not to say Nebraska's not going to struggle out of the, blo- the blocks. I think there's going to be, you know, plays on both sides that teams are going to want back. But I'm okay with it. I'm okay with – you know, matching us up with the Buckeyes first. And, you know, if the Huskers find a way to go play well up there in Columbus and give themselves some competence from week two, then that then that's that's great. That's good. That could set them all, some, themselves up for some success, you know, later in the year. 
And I think at the same time, you know, those national riders, if Nebraska goes and plays well to shoe, it'll shut them up for a while. You know, I think that, that that's the other benefit too. And, and I think you and I had pretty similar tweets on Saturday, Greg, is we just wanted an opportunity to play. That's it. That's all Nebraska wanted was a chance to go play football and go play the sport that they love and they've been working hard for. That opportunity was given. They've got nine opportunities on Saturdays now, starting October 24th, to go play and show the conference what you're made of. And ultimately, that's going to speak louder than what any national writer has to say, what any fan has to say, what any press conference has to say, what, what any talk show hosts have to say. What's going to speak the loudest is how Nebraska performs on Saturdays. And they have a chance to go prove a lot of people wrong this year, starting with Ohio State on the 24th. Absolutely right. The only other change to the schedule from the original one, forget the one forget the one they put out in August. That thing was laughable because it lasted five days, and then Kevin Warren pulled the plug. So forget that one. Go back to the original schedule. The, other, the only change, other than R- Rutgers being removed, is now Nebraska gets Wisconsin at home, and they go to Purdue. Now, doesn't that isn't that a good thing? Isn't, isn't that a, a bonus for Nebraska? You get the better of those two teams at home. Now I know they're not going to be crowds. They're not going to be a huge home field advantage. But your 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 guys are going to be coming out of their own locker room. It is going to be the first time they're going to be on that field in eleven months when they run out there on Halloween to play the Badgers. They're going to be excited over the moon for that game, and they're going to have a chance. They're going to have a chance in that game against the Badgers. So you flip flop those two games. That's a win in my book because we can go win at Purdue. Should have won there last year. We can go win at Purdue, and we get Wisconsin at home much easier to play them here than in Madison, Wisconsin. So after all of the hand-wringing and all that, and, and honestly, I didn't see it a lot from the fans. That's what was kind of disappointing. And, and I think the fans are kind of like you, Ben, like, we're just glad we can play. Let's go. We knew we are going to play eight Big Ten teams. We knew Ohio State was going to be on there. We had a pretty good idea Penn State was going to be on there. So nothing really has changed. By the way, the betting odds have been updated now for, you know, the over-under wins, win totals for teams. I couldn't believe this. I had to do a double-take, Ben. They got Nebraska at five. Now, I don't know if that's five out of eight or five out of nine. I don't know whether they're counting that ninth game they know they're going to play in late December, I'd have to go dig into the met. Okay, Tim says they are counting that ninth game. So that's that's higher than what it was all summer long going into the percentage-wise. That's higher than it was all summer long going into what was going to be the 12-game schedule for Nebraska. So I, I'm excited. It was fun. I know people were gnashing some teeth when it came out on Saturday. But I looked at it, and when I, when I go compare it to what was supposed to be, it made me feel like a heck of a lot better about that. Back Sports Nightly Monday night. Greg Sharp with you. Thanks for being a part of the program here tonight. Delighted to have you on board. We're as we are with Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal Star, who covers Husker football. Parker, good evening. I, I said this in the opening segment. I, I, the last three or four weekends have been just spectacular weather-wise, and man, we're missing out on some really good weather for some of these early season games. It makes me sad. Yeah, I know. I know. It's been really beautiful. So uh, hopefully. Now at least we can say hopefully that weather uh, we can we can find some more of it in in late October early November. Yeah, you know the the odds of that aren't aren't great, but we can be optimistic though. You know the, we're we're back on track to play football this fall. We can 
we can be a little optimistic and hope against. Uh, no doubt, we'll have some. We'll probably have some ice pellets at some of the games. That's okay. That's that's football's meant to be played oh, yeah. outdoors and that kind of stuff. Anyway, hey, congrats on the big football preview that the Journal Star put out over the weekend. That's got to be the late. That's got to be the latest edition ever, right? I mean, September the twentieth for that thing. Yeah, I would say uh, normally if it came out on September twentieth, we would at the Journal Star would not really be doing our jobs all that well. But <laughs> this year. Uh, it worked, and, and uh, yeah, it came out really well. The ode to uh, Nebraska fans in a year where fans all over the country are obviously, you know, having their, their patience uh, put to the test. All right, you've covered a lot of Big Ten football in your career. How surprised were you that they did a reversal uh, and came back and decided to play? Yeah, I, I mean, I was surprised. Like, if you would have told me on August 12th um, that – by you know mid-September, football would be back online. I would have I would have not believed you, but I, I think as the weeks went along and um, you know other leagues got toward playing and, and, and some started playing, and then I think the I think the advancements in the rapid testing really changed things. I mean that that clearly is what drove the uh, conference to vote unanimously to get back to playing. And, and I think it's interesting. There was someone, I believe it was in the PAC 12 when that uh, partnership with Quiddell was announced a couple of weeks ago said, you know, we didn't think that this would be available um, until November or even December. Uh, and yet they were going to have it in place in September. And so I think that that, that timeline really is probably what drove it. And so is that, as that came a little bit more, a little bit more to focus, I, I did believe that it was possible to get back this fall. But um, I think October 24th is that's um, if they actually do get rolling that day. I mean, that's I think that that's uh, more than I would have thought was possible a few weeks ago. Okay, uh, a lot of the stuff I think we kind of figured out. We knew it was maybe going to be a late October. We felt like it was going to be an eight game deal how about the ninth game were you surprised that they they've added that little wrinkle to everything yeah that's been sort of one of the okay so you know when you're reporting this kind of stuff of course not everything that you hear at every moment makes it into print or gets reported you have to corroborate things and you know you have to make sure that what you're reporting is accurate um but one of the things that we you heard sort of at different points along the whole way here was that something like this was possible. I don't know if it was definitely going to be part of the deal all along or if it was in and out and in again or what. But, you know, we had heard that there could be a sort of uh, quasi, you know, postseason or quote-unquote bowl game um, and just go right down the line and play, um, you know, Big Ten West champions, obviously, in the title game. But then – um, match everybody else, number two versus number two, number three versus number three. So, frankly, I, I wasn't shocked that that was in there. Uh, I didn't know for sure if it would end up in the final uh, proposal or not, but that's something that's been kicked around, um, at least in conversations among the various committees for quite a while now. What What do we know about that, Parker? Are those going to be played neutral site, or, or have, they, have they gotten that far into this thing? Yeah, I don't think – so we don't know that officially yet, Um my suspicion is that that neutral sites are likely for those games. Um, I don't. What I don't know is, are those neutral sites? Um, 
you know, like when we were talking about January, we were talking about indoor facilities in the Big Ten footprint kind of, right? Minneapolis, Detroit, uh, maybe St. Louis. I don't know if it'll end up being that or if they'll try to go someplace a little more, uh, you know, tropical, so to speak, um, and do them in the south maybe. But I, I, I'm, I wouldn't foreclose on the possibility they still end up on, on campuses, but my – my suspicion is neutral sites, and perhaps there's some flexibility in, in what those sites are. Again, busy with Parker Gabriel, the Lincoln Journal star here on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network. All right, let's dive into the Nebraska schedule. The really only change, Parker, was Wisconsin becoming a home game and Purdue yeah. now a road game. How, how do you think they got to that? Yeah, so when the original schedule, the, well, we have to sort of qualify everything now. When the, when the modified 10-game conference-only schedule that was in existence for six days in August came out, uh, that was the setup. And it was, ironically enough, they made those changes to facilitate moving that schedule back by a few weeks if they had to. And it was part of that. You know, you're, you heard it referred to as sort of like a Jenga tower, and it was collapsible. And one of the things that they were really proud of with that 10-game model was that um, – there was a lot of flexibility built into moving those games around. Of course, they didn't tap into that flexibility. They postponed a few days later. But along the way, like apparently for reasons that are, I don't, you know, that are, are I don't know the details of, it unlocked significant flexibility to flip those games around among a few other division matchups. And so that that means that it'll be changed in 2021 as well. I think eventually you'll see, I know eventually you'll see uh, that game, you know, Nebraska will travel to Wisconsin next year and host Purdue rather than having those games in the same place three years in a row. Um, but I think what happened was they, they obviously kept most of the 10 game schedule in place uh, when they pared it down to eight for this October start. And so, um, I think that they just decided to leave those division games as they were set in the 10-game schedule. Well, you know, boy, looking at it from the Nebraska standpoint, that's a win in, in my eyes. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you, one, it breaks up – and I don't want Indiana people to be offended here, but it breaks, <laughs> it breaks up Nebraska going to Iowa and Wisconsin the same year. It splits yeah. those up. And those have been the better two programs over the last 10 years. I don't think I'm breaking any news here. But if I'm Nebraska and I'm looking for the next five, six years, this is a great move, I think. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. It really it does give a little bit more. I mean, it's great for th- those stretches were great for Nebraska fans when you had home games against Wisconsin and Iowa on the calendar within a few weeks of each other. I mean, you know, that that's awesome. Um in terms of hosting uh, events, but you're right. I mean, just from a from a competitive balance uh, standpoint, and just from from having some intrigue in the schedule, I think it's nice to have those games in opposite. You know, one one at home and one on the road each year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Parker Gabriel again with us from the Lincoln Journal Star. Right, when, when can when can full blown practices begin? Are we looking at the end of the month here? Yeah, it's my understanding is that the fully padded portion of practices, which, that you know, that was the red line the first time around in August. That was the point that uh, the medical advisory group just didn't feel like they could cross, um, you know, was just like, you know, Nebraska had two days of fall camp in, and then it was before 
um, they would have transitioned to pads that that um, that the that they threw out the the anchor the first time around. So now uh, full pads are September 30th. My um, I think now they're in you know they can go to 20 hours now that there's games on the schedule. So I think you'll see the acclimatization period right there around the end of the month and then uh, the three weeks in October uh, before you know the first game is played. Uh, we'll we'll probably closely mirror, you know, what the padded portion of a typical preseason camp would look like. All right, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm with you. I think everybody's excited and thrilled to finally see a schedule put together. Hopefully, fingers crossed that this can be done. Uh, that the every program can kind of keep monitoring themselves and isolating young men who maybe get positive. Uh, you know, I, it's probably not going to be smooth, right, Parker? I mean, we've watched the, the ACC's had games canceled, the Big 12's had games canceled, the SEC's about to start. Probably won't be smooth, I would guess, over the next two months. Yeah, and I mean, that's the one downside to to starting when the Big Ten is, is that, you know, the idea is to play eight games in eight weeks leading up to a title game. And, um, you know, if, if it all goes according to plan, uh, that will work great. But as we've We've seen that during the pandemic here over the last six or seven months, not much goes exactly according to plan. So, uh, you know, the teams and the schools will do everything they can do to, to keep it on, on track. And then, um, you know, we'll see if everybody can get their eight games in or, or what it looks like later in the fall. Do you think there's any chance before this is done that they allow some fans in the stadiums? Or do you think that's that ship has sailed? Um, I, I have to say, I think it's probably unlikely, but if there's anybody, you know, in listening to Bill Moose and Ronnie Green, their comments last week, um, I certainly think it's something that they'd like to keep that, the door open on. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. I think that that's going to be an ongoing conversation um, in the Big Ten, in the NFL, and, and, and probably around uh, college football and other places, too. So uh, maybe it'll work. Um, you know, with some of the SEC schools in the next few weeks, and it'll, you know, there'll be some processes that you can put in place to make it work. But I'd say at this point, um, I would call it a mild surprise if, if the Big Ten got there this fall. Yeah. Good stuff. It's been fascinating the last six months, Parker. I mean, I, I don't want to relive it. I hope this is it. We can get the medical right. stuff and put it behind, and we can all kind of get back to some normalcy. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks. Have a good night. Adam Rittenberg joins us every Monday night during the college football season. Adam, I've watched a ton of Sunbelt football the last couple of weeks. i got to tell you, it, there's been some pretty entertaining games in that conference over the first few weeks. Well, Greg, they call it the Sunbelt for the reason, <laughs> for a reason, and you're seeing that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a solid conference. I mean, you, obviously, and even App State, which, you know, has been one of their best programs, um, you know, has seemingly fallen off a little bit this year, but – uh, you know, yeah, you look at you look at Louisiana, that, that, that exciting game with Georgia State, which is an improving program there. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a, a fun kind of fun early storyline. Obviously, we haven't had uh, the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or the SEC starts up this weekend. So you have had to pay a little bit more attention to the, <clears throat> the coastal Carolinas of the world and the Louisiana's and, and, and some of those other schools. And so, uh, yeah, I think I mean, obviously they'll kind of fade out of the the spotlight this week or going forward, but uh, uh, I, I know it'll be fun to kind of monitor them throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I, I was impressed with Miami. What was your take of the Hurricanes victory Saturday night? 
Yeah, also impressed. And, you know, this is a program that we keep you know hearing about every year from a talent standpoint, that they're, you know, one of the more talented teams in the ACC, and they just haven't had the right mix of coaching scheme, quarterback culture to get over the hump. And they might have that this year. They certainly have the quarterback, Greg, and De'Ara King, the transfer from Houston, uh, who has been as advertised. I mean, he was a Maxwell Award semifinalist back in 2018 for Houston, and he has really given this offense a boost alongside Rhett Lashley, you know, a guy that I wrote about today, their offensive coordinator, um, who uh, you know, was a Gus Malzahn protege early in his career, but really developed, I think, as a passing game coordinator uh, at SMU under Sonny Dykes. And he's brought that system in to Miami, and you see all the big plays they had against Louisville. They have two NFL-caliber tight ends. Uh, they have two, you know, two really good young running backs. And then uh, I think in an offensive line that's getting better and better. And Manny Diaz is a defensive-oriented coach. They're very talented on the defensive line as well. Didn't play a great game. I know talking to their, some of their coaches, they didn't feel great about the defensive performance against Louisville, but they'll certainly take a road win. And now they get their rival Florida State coming in this week. Florida State, obviously, without their head coach, Mike Norvell, who, uh, who unfortunately has the virus but seems to be doing okay. So, you know, it's certainly a game to watch this week on Saturday night. Somebody got Notre Dame mad, I guess. My goodness, the Irish lowered the boom on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah, I, I sent a text message to one of their assistants with the old Karate Kid No Mercy uh, <laughs> uh, gif on, after that one because, yeah, even Brian Kelly, I think, was caught. Uh, there was a camera that caught him talking about not wanting to be Mr. Nice Guy anymore at halftime, and they certainly uh, kept their foot on the gas in the second half against South Florida. This is not one of the better South Florida teams, obviously. New coach there in, in Jeff Scott. I think Jeff will do a good job. But uh, Notre Dame, you know, they were kind of sluggish in the first half of the season against Duke, played better in the second half, and then they really had it going uh, offensively and defensively. I mean, they've been a really good defensive program, Greg, for a number of years. Clark Lee does a great job with that unit. And then Tommy Reese, we remember, you know, when he was quarterbacking the Irish, this is his first year as a play caller, only 28 years old as the offensive coordinator, and he, uh, he certainly has started off with a, with, with a couple of nice performances. They go on the road to Wake Forest this week before an open week, and you know, if they continue on this trajectory, I think we're all going to be circling that November 7th game when, when top-ranked Clemson comes into South Bend to face most likely a, a top-10 or top-5 Irish team. Yeah, no doubt. That'll be, that will be a huge weekend for college football. Okay, this weekend, you kind of alluded to it. Here comes the SEC along, and a lot of storylines there. You're starting to see teams named starting quarterbacks today. And the two new head coaches in, in, in the state of Mississippi are certainly going to get some attention. What about the opening weekend in the, in the SEC for you? What's, what's got you excited? Yeah, you know, just so, so many new things, so whether it's Lane Kiffin or Mike Leach at, uh, at Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Um, I think some of the interesting coordinator changes and quarterback changes in the league. How does LSU look offensively after losing the Heisman Trophy winner, the Broyles Award winner and Joe Brady, um, you know, the, the Blitnikoff Award winner and Jamar Chase, they're all gone. So how does that offense look uh, with Scott Lenahan as the new passing game coordinator going against Mississippi State? Um, you know their, their their competition will get a little bit better, I think, in the weeks to come. But this is the first time to see, uh, obviously, the defending champs, Alabama, with Mac Jones as the quarterback. How much do we see Bryce Young, the freshman, who they're very excited about as well? But Mac, I've heard some really good things about his development 
here in camp, you know, being pushed by a, a top, uh, top-rated top recruit. Maybe the best game of the day is going to be early with number 23, Kentucky. Very good defense there, and they get their quarterback, Terry Wilson, back from injury going into uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium to face Auburn. You know, Chad Morris is there now as the offensive coordinator. Bo Nix is a second-year quarterback. Auburn, once again, projects to have one of the best defenses in the country. Could be a lower-scoring game, but I'm really interested to see how this Auburn offense which honestly, Greg, has held them back. We didn't think we'd be saying that you know, in year eight under Gus Malzahn, but the offense needs to get going because Auburn is one of these teams that seems to have everything else uh, poised to make a run, maybe for the CFP, but they're going to need to be better on offense. You know, one game that's a little off the radar, but maybe it shouldn't be, is Army at Cincinnati. The Bearcats were awesome in their opener. Austin Peay's not very good, but I think the Bearcats are pretty darn good. Does Army have a chance in that game in your eyes? Well, I talked to uh, Cincinnati defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman a few weeks ago, and he was already dreading, as most <laughs> defensive coordinators do, facing this Army uh, triple option. I think we talked about it last week. You know, Army was looking for a game uh, after, after BYU couldn't play because of some COVID issues. And you know, Jeff Munkin was just telling me how, how nobody wants to face that offense, especially with short prep. So Cincinnati knew this game was on the schedule. They're very talented on defense. But Army, as we've seen, we saw them do it to Oklahoma a few years ago. They can shorten the game. We saw them, you know, they should have beaten Michigan on the road last year. Uh, and that wasn't even one of the better Army teams that Jeff has had. So I think this is one of the, the sneaky best games of the day. Like, because Cincinnati, to me, is uh, it's either Cincinnati, UCF, or, or maybe Memphis in the, in the American. Maybe SMU squeaking in there as well. But I think it's probably Cincinnati or UCF as the best two teams. And, you know, Cincinnati's trying to get back to a New Year's Six Bowl under Luke Fickle. He's done a great job there. So this is a big step towards, towards getting there. Uh, so excited to see, you know, two very different styles, but, uh, but two very talented teams, I'd say. Do you think we finally see Baylor play a game this week? Oh, man. You know, I, I've, known, I, I've known Dave Aranda for a long time, and you know, Dave is a, a very patient guy and, and doesn't, you know, let his emotions kind of get, 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 get the best of him. But, I mean, this has just been such a hard situation. He called it heartbreaking after the, um, after the postponement last week, which wasn't the opponent. It was on Baylor uh, and some of the, the contact tracing issues they had. I asked him on the Big 12 teleconference today, that, you know, what, what, just how you're going to manage your, your players' emotions because, you know, either it, you know, there's a postponement, which we don't want, or they finally get out there. How do, you, how do you handle that after waiting week after week after week? But hopefully they, they, they have the game. It sounded, Aranda sounded confident that, uh, that they, would, they would have their issues in order as far as the roster. They're going against a Kansas team that we know is not very good. And so I think this is an opportunity for, for uh, Dave to get that win number one in his debut and, and, and hopefully keep, keep going because they're, they're one of the interesting teams in the Big 12. Everyone's going to be talking about Texas and OU, obviously, but uh, Baylor was a runner-up. They were in the Sugar Bowl last year, and uh, you know they have some interesting games coming up, including October 24th at Texas. So uh, excited to see what type of team Dave get, gets if he finally gets on the field this week. Adam, it's been a miserable start for the Big 12. I mean, losses to some of those Sun Belt teams we talked about earlier, and then Oklahoma State did not look very good on Saturday. What what'd you make of the Cowboys, and can they pull themselves out of that? Right. Well, they obviously lost their, their starting quarterback, Spencer Sanders, early in that game. Uh, you know, talking, you know, hearing from Mike Gundy today, it sounds like there's a decent chance he's back from his uh, lower leg injury. Doesn't seem to be too serious, but I still thought they would be able to move the ball, especially with you know Chuba Hubbard at running back and some really talented receivers, and, and they they just couldn't do it against Tulsa. I mean, they were very fortunate. Tulsa made a lot of mistakes. 
had a great opportunity to score the upset in Stillwater and couldn't get it done. And so uh, you know, Oklahoma State against a, a Neil Brown coach team in West Virginia this week, even though they're playing at home, they're going to need to be a lot better, I think, to beat West Virginia. I think West Virginia could be one of the surprise teams in the Big 12 this year, and they have a, a great chance, I think, to, to, to pull off the upset if Oklahoma State doesn't get it going on offense. I mean, we know there's talent there uh, in, in, with, with Oklahoma State, but, but they, they're going to need to be a lot, a lot sharper, really, uh, you know, in all elements, but especially their passing game like, to beat West Virginia. Adam, for, for freaks like me who love watching college football for about 14 hours on a Saturday, I guess I'm going to get my wish this week. Hopefully, BYU Troy is a 9-15 kick. Uh, if if BYU can is, is okay with all their their virus outbreaks, but we got we got finally somebody on the other side of the Rocky Mountains playing a football game this week. Yes, yes, and another Fun Belt team uh, going yeah. to play them in Troy. So uh, yeah, I, I, I you know I'm hope I'm hopeful that the BYU, which was obviously so impressive in their season opening win at Navy, was a 55 to three, and then they come back and have. Uh, have you know, a few positive tests, and because they were all on the plane together, essentially that, that game had to be called off against Army. So, yeah, I think BYU is certainly going to be motivated to get back out on the field against you know a, a pretty decent Troy team. That's been a, a solid program over the years. Neil Brown did a great job there. Chip Lindsey, now their head coach. And, uh, you know, I, I think they, they feel you know, pretty good about what they have coming back. So, interested to see, you know, they're going out to, uh, to Provo, and, and we'll have some football late at night. Yeah, it was, it was strange. After that Miami FSU game wrapped up, it's like, wait, this is it? There's nothing yeah. else? There's no, there's no Mountain West? There's no Pac-12 after dark? But we do get a little BYU after dark, so that should be a fun part of this week. That'll be great. Adam, we appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk again next Monday. Sounds good. Thanks, Greg. And very happy to welcome into the program now. Name we haven't talked to in a long while. He's been working out hard for the Big Red. Now sophomore for the Huskers wide receiver, Wandale Robinson. Wandale, first of all, it's been a long time, man. Been about eight months since I've seen you. Good to see you. How's everything going with you lately? Um, everything's been good. Um, just trying to stay out of the way. Um, sticking with football and working out and schoolwork. So it's basically college life, just not really doing anything outside of that. What What's this last let's just go back to two months been like, I mean, we found out last week, obviously your life's going to change and for the better with football coming back, but um, you know, literally refreshing the Twitter page and asking people what they're hearing, just chasing down rumors. I mean, from a player standpoint, just the back and forth that was going on, what was that like just living through that every day? Um, it was, it was really hard, but at the end of the day, we just tried to stay positive. Um, just knowing that they were fighting for us, trying to fight to play and knowing that, whatever we could do to play, they were going to do. So um, we had our backs. They had our backs with us the whole way. So um, we felt good, really, the, through the whole situation, at least that we were going to get to play. So. I know, Wandale, you, you compete against these Big Ten schools every Saturday. And, you know, when you strap on the pads, it's, it's go time, it's war time. But you had a lot of other uh, players at, at other schools kind of standing up and, and wanting to play. What was it like, just maybe the fraternity feeling that you had with – you know, got the guys at Ohio State, or or even even the guys at Iowa. You know that 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 you you know are their arrival, but you guys were all kind of standing together for the common purpose. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think just about everybody in the conference wanted to play football, um, but some spoke out and some didn't. But it was really good to see all the players that spoke out and showed their voice to at least. I mean, hopefully, I guess it helped us get back on track with playing football. 
Wandale, I, I know you guys were working out and have been for some time without really the, the, the means to the end. You didn't know how long you were going to be practicing for or, or when you were going to be allowed to put pads on or any of that. How hard was it to stay motivated every day to go to work when you didn't know? You, it, could have been, it could have been next March. It could have been January. It could have been December. You didn't know when, when this was, thing was going to end. How, what was that like showing up to work every day, not knowing how long you were going to have to do that for? Um, I mean, it was just like every other day to go to work. Um, workouts were just the exact same, the same intensity. You want to get better. Um, you got, I mean, think about it. And it's thing, we were going to play at some point, so why not get better? Um, why not give everything that you got with every workout, every practice that we have, all the routes on air that we do with the quarterbacks? So um, at the end of the day, it's just going to help us get better with all the extra work that we put in. What what's the what have the coaches been like? I know a lot of you guys are away from home, and, and you know they're 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 kind of your your family, so to speak, and you know who you go to for guidance. What what type of messages that they've been passing down to you and your teammates about you know just how, how to stay positive? Not not necessarily when you're on campus, but when you're at home, you know, stuck in your your dorm room or your or your house playing Xbox, whatever. What did they just tell you day in and day out about you know? how to live and staying positive and making sure you guys were in a good headspace? Um, just, I mean, regular stuff, just always doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't do anything you're not supposed to be. Um, I mean, obviously a lot of us live together, so we're always together anyway. So it's really easy to kind of stay occupied and we'll be playing the games together online or anything like that. So um, just not, we're really not trying to go out or anything with the COVID, but um, we're all just still able to stay occupied. What has this done for your team chemistry and your bonding and your relationships this last six months? I'm sure it's this case across the country, but you, you I mean, I'm sure you probably feel uh, like, like this bond is forged with maybe players that, that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. How, how did this bring the team together? Um, I mean, we've been working out for who knows how long now. So um, guys have just gotten to know each other. Um, all the new guys, they don't really feel like new guys anymore. It feels like everybody's been here for quite some time now. And it's just allowed us to get really close, and I feel like that'll help a lot on the field. Well, tell us a little bit about your room. I know one of your one of your best friends, you know, headed down to to TCU and, and JD. I, I know that was tough for you, but you're also welcoming a bunch of new guys that are trying to find their way. What what's the new version of the Husker wideout room look like? And and tell us about some of these characters. Um, I mean, it's everything. We just have to get more detail oriented, um, speed, and just running with speed on all your routes and. Just making sure the quarterbacks know exactly where we're supposed to be on every route and every play. Um, Coach Lubick's done a really good job of bringing a lot of good things into our offense and helping us as receivers just get detail-oriented and techniques and different things like that. Everybody's really taken a big step just from last year. One of the things, I think the biggest things Husker fans will notice whenever it is that they can watch you guys on the field is how big you've gotten in that room. You've got a lot of big bodies in there now. What, what's, it, what's it like looking around and seeing guys like Omar and Xavier and, and dudes that are, that are just monsters? I mean, it's definitely nice. Um, definitely <laughs> nice to have some monsters on the outside to scare some people. But at the end of the day, everybody just has to make plays no matter the size. Obviously, I'm not the largest, so, but everybody has to make plays. So. What, let's talk about your role a little bit. Last year, you were kind of bouncing around all over the place. You know, situations at running back, you were kind of forced there and obviously needed to get you the ball at, at wide out as well. How does it feel to kind of have your focus narrowed a little bit and you can just really focus on your craft at one spot and, um, you know, really try and thrive in, in a position where this team's really, really going to need production? Right. Um, I mean, definitely just 
throughout the whole offseason, I knew the route running and just being healthy was a large part of my progression too. And then going through things with the quarterbacks and just trying to see things through their eyes and just becoming a complete receiver, learning outside and inside. Um, just being able to not really have to come off the field with our offense. Wandale Robinson, Husker wide receiver with us here on Sports Nightly. I'm Ben McLaughlin. I, I, I couldn't help but notice, Wandale, you were, uh, you were involved in a couple of things away from the field content-wise that, that, that were really cool. Number one, just the kind of let's just start with the recruiting video that was put out about, you know, you telling a little bit of, of your story, uh, you know, walking down that tunnel I think was really cool. And what was that like to, for the coaches and, and everybody to ask you to kind of be the face of that and, you know, sell this program a little bit? And, and you know, ultimately what, what made you decide that you wanted to come be a part of the Nebraska family? I mean, I've been in the shoes of those kids and the recruits. Um, and just I, it was an honor whenever they asked me to do that. And it felt really good that they looked at me that high. But I just want to help us continue to get better and, better talent that we bring in, obviously, the better that we're going to be. So I just want to play my part and do whatever I can to help us get better. One of the things that is being used to sell uh, high school recruits on this place is just the vision that this place has and the, their ability to um, you know, help you guys as, as student athletes in every area. And one of those areas that are growing is creativity. We all know the name, image, and likeness thing that's, that's being passed and Nebraska being the pioneer in that, which is just really cool to see you guys develop your own brands. And one of the things that come with that is you got to get in that studio a little bit and make your own song that we finally saw. When, when, this, when these type of opportunities come to you, Wandale, that speak to you, um, and get you excited? What, I mean, I'm sure when you committed to Nebraska, you weren't expecting some of this stuff to come along with it. When you see this thing kind of manifest and you getting to, you know, be creative and throw some highlights on stuff, what, what's that feel like to know that, you know, you, the, the people in that building are doing everything they can to help you guys and get everything about out of your college experience? I mean, that feels great. I mean, that's what they promised, and they've lived up to every promise that they gave me um, on whenever they recruited me. But – so they're, they're going to do everything they can to help us on and off the field, no matter what, whether that's academics, name, image, likeness, things. Um, so they're always going to be one step ahead with just about everything. Wandale Robinson, our guest here on Sports Nightly. Well, football was announced. We're, we're, we, we knew the, that uh, the momentum was leaning that way late last week, and, and we were just kind of sitting around waiting for the announcement. I saw your tweet the, the other day this weekend about, you know, just getting ready to go. And the, when you found out that it was go time, what was, what was just the feeling inside that you had, maybe the competitor in you knowing that, you know, we're going we're gonna to have our third schedule released in the last six months and hopefully this one we, we can actually act upon and you can go. But the feeling that, that you had when it was official, Wandale, that we were going to try and play football this fall, what did that finally feel like after everything you'd been through the last few months? I mean, it just felt great to finally know that we're playing football and just to know how much work we put in and we're not really worried about anything else outside of what we have in this building. Um, we're just worried about what we can control and we're just trying to get better each and every day. We're not worried about the outside hype and things like that or the what our schedule looks like. We're just trying to get better each and every day and look at each opponent every week. I, I know that 
the, the only opponent you can worry about is the next one in front of you. Well, the next one in front of you is Ohio State. I know last year, you know, with college game day here, that game didn't go how, how we wanted it to go. What's your motivation level and the team's hunger level that's going to be when you go up to the Horseshoe in Columbus to, to try and put a better performance than you guys had last year against those guys, a team that's trying to win another national championship? Uh, this is a new year. This is a new team. Um, we're not worried about last year. Last year obviously happened, but we have to forget about that. Um, if we go into this game thinking about last year, then thank good. This is a whole new game plan, whole new everything. We, we don't have the same players. They don't have the same exact players. So we're just going in trying to win and be our best. There's a lot of things happening, and, and this is – I can't believe it's only your second year here. You're probably just getting used to what things are like on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, living away from home. But, you know, this, this virus has, has changed everything, and, and, and nothing has been normal for you since March. But when you, when you think about your safety, and, and I know you had some teammates speak on this, when you've got a university that's putting the protocols and things in place to where when you are out on the football field, that's all you're thinking about. What's that mean to not just you, but probably your family? You know, you guys, are, you, you've probably got parents and, and loved ones at home that are worried about you and they can't be around you to, to see how you're living day to day. But what, what, what do you tell them about what, what's happening at Nebraska to make sure that you guys are safe and, and your well-being is on, on the forefront of your coaches and everybody else's minds? I mean, they're taking extra care of us, uh, making sure that we're social distanced, making sure we have on masks and meetings and things like that. Um, we've actually moved our receiver meetings into our indoor buildings just so that way we could have that much space. So um, they're just really trying to do everything they can, follow every protocol, um, really test us as much as possible just to make sure that we don't have the virus um, and we're not tracing it to somebody else or so, anything like that. So they've really done everything they could do. About to put the pads on, man. How's that going to feel, strapping those babies up? I mean, it'll feel a little different. We haven't done that since, what, November? So, um, I mean, it'll feel good to finally really feel like we're back in football. Wandale, before we cut you loose, I want to ask you about your quarterback, Adrian. I know this, this he's as competitive as they come. I know last year was hard on him, both physically, and, and I know he would have loved to put together a better season. What type of hunger level and leadership have you seen at a number two this offseason about putting together a really good year? I mean, he's just showed even more leadership than he did last year. Um, he's really resilient right now. He's showing a little fight, especially in practice against the defense. Um, we'll talk a little trash or something like that. So just really showing that he really, want, like he really wants this season to be a lot different than last year. And I really feel like that will be a lot different this year as well, too. I'm sure one of the first things you fell in love with when you came here in Lincoln was the fan support. Is it going to be weird running out of that tunnel without 90,000 screaming at you? Almost definitely. I remember the first time I ran out, and it's nothing like it. So it will definitely be really weird, but I hope. At least a couple thousand. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that changes. Hopefully, uh, for the better. Wandale, it's great to see you, man. Great to see that you're doing well and your body's healthy. And you guys are going to be competing out there on the practice field with pads on real soon. Glad we finally got a year. Good luck uh, getting getting prepared for the Buckeyes. Hope to hope to see you again real soon. Thanks a lot for the time, man. Yep. Thank you. That'll wrap up tonight's show. Wow, what a good show! Great to hear from Parker Gabriel, Adam Rittenberg. One, Dale Robinson joined us in hour number two. That was fun. Tomorrow night here on the program, we'll go beyond the headlines, and we'll also have our Top 10 Tuesday topic coming your way tomorrow night. That'll be fun. Thanks to Ben, to Tim, to Mick, and all of you for listening to this one tonight. Have yourself a great night. We'll do this again tomorrow. Good night.